Hi, everyone, and welcome to Discussions on Concussions podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Coombs-Renwick, and today's guest is sitting right next to me for this episode. But don't worry, we aren't breaking any COVID rules. He lives here, too. Introducing Matthew Renwick, an amazing man who also happens to be my husband. Welcome, Matt. Oh, well, thank you for the warm introduction. I'm glad to be here. I've been really excited about this episode because I think it's really important to talk about relationships and the impact concussions and the recovery of concussions have on them. We have been in a relationship for almost eight years, and during that time, I had five out of six concussions. And I'm so grateful that you have been there with me throughout all of the ups and downs. But what was it like on your end to have your partner suffering from post-concussion syndrome? Well, I think the first thing is that all the concussions were different. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, you know, I'm not going to lie and say it was all roses. There was definitely a lot of hard points. But in some ways, it probably made our relationship stronger because I've always known that you were there for me. And uh, it was kind of a way to step up to the plate when these happened and comfort you and take care of you. Um, So, yeah, there's definitely the hard parts of it. But I think we've done pretty well, don't you? I think so. We're still here. We're still kicking. (laughs) (laughs) What a resounding uh, (laughs) approval of the... We're still here. We're still here. (laughs) (laughs) No, we still love each other. (laughs) I think a really good example is even when when you think of my latest concussion, number six... Uh, you proposed to me October 2017, and it literally happened a couple <laughs> weeks later. I went from being on this high horse of like, oh my goodness, I'm getting married, I'm engaged to the love of my life, to I've had my sixth concussion, and we're going to go <laughs> a little downhill from here. I think one thing, um, which I talk about more now, uh, whether it's in, um, in treatment or therapy or whatnot, is that... For my self-esteem, especially since this concussion has been the worst and the longest recovery time, because now it's been a little over three years, is that my anxiety, of course, tells me, like, this is not what you signed up for. You knew I had concussions, of course, in the past. You were there for me. uh, But I always bounced back. And this one has been a huge struggle. So in the back of my head, I'm like, proposed to me. And then I got in this car accident and we had to battle trying to plan our wedding, get you through law school, all these big life moments uh, while also worrying about my health. And of course, I'm not where I used to be. I'm not able to do as many fun things or be able to even do as much around the house like I used to be able to do. So somebody that is suffering from post-concussion syndrome, when you're in a relationship, it is so easy to have that constant voice in your head being like, well, they're disappointed in you, or you're a burden, or he doesn't love you anymore. All these thoughts (laughs) that I know seem ridiculous when I say them out loud, but especially when we were at this point that I was 99% healed. And then we kind of not only went back to square one, but we went further <laughs> than I ever was before. Uh, it, it definitely triggers some things there. Yeah, and what I'd say is that you 
you've expressed to me a lot of times like you must be so frustrated with me oh my goodness uh, but the only time I ever actually get frustrated with you is when you're always asking me <laughs> if I'm frustrated with you. <laughs> and, like, I'd be lying if I said it's not tough. Um, you know, if I work all day and then I'm done work, okay, now I clean the dishes from when I made us lunch at lunch and then I make dinner and then I clean the di- Like, it can be a lot. Yeah. But I also know you are such the type of person where, you know, you're not a lazy bum. You push yourself and you do everything that you can do, which is so much more important than what that sort of max threshold is. Yeah. I know part of you feels, you know, guilty for, oh, Matt had to go through law school and starting his career. Meanwhile, I've been here with limited uh, ability to contribute. But at the same time, I know that I never would have gone to law school if it wasn't for you. <laughs> you pushed me for our entire relationship um, to do better and to have direction. Um, so there's no part of my head that's like, oh, look at everything I'm doing. She can't know. Like, <laughs> I'm so glad that I've had you through these years and still have you forever. <laughs> I'm a pusher, Matt. I push people. You push people <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> With with COVID, I know in my latest blog, I discussed how I've been really saying sorry a lot and a lot of words that can be, you know, triggered phases that I'm teaching myself not to say anymore, especially that I'm a burden or I'm just, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't able to do this. I'm sorry. And I know <laughs> that I'm with the person I meant to be with and in a healthy relationship when Instead of like brushing it off or going, it's fine, you literally look at me like, why are you apologizing? <laughs> and it got to this point where you like sat me down, and you're like, it's okay. You are focused on your health, you are on your journey to, you know, better your head and, and get back to a point where I can slowly but surely like do those things that I'm sitting around here like, Oh, I wasn't able to do this. Matt has been the best support for me. If I lived alone, I'd be screwed. I would have pushed myself way too much because I am somebody that likes to put way too many things on my plate. And when I was first told by my occupational therapist, okay, you have an activity log. You can only do so many things a day that equal this many points. You took it so seriously. You're like... Well, and good thing, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. There it's <laughs> so many times, even after you started the log, because it's hard to stick to it all the time when, mm-hmm. you know, life happens. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes there isn't only one big thing to do in a day. Um, and many times I have to be like, Rachel, you've... You've done enough today. <laughs> yeah. And even when I don't want to hear it, like, I'll yeah. get mad. I'll be like, don't tell me I'm done enough. I'm not <laughs> done enough. Especially when I do laundry and you always just look at my face. And if I'm saying, no, 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 I'm good. I'm going to finish this. You can see the fatigue <laughs> yep. and me going crazy that you're just like, how about I go and flip the load? Or how about I come and yeah, bring it, it up? Usually ends up being, you know, you put the laundry in and then you might go down and flip it. But for carrying it back up, uh, I'm like, okay, we're going to put you down for a little nap. Yes. (laughs) And then I'll go. Naps. That's another thing. I am like a cranky toddler. Oh, 100%. Like, you are prepared for the future (laughs) that ever comes (laughs) because you'll look at me and be like, Rachel, do you need a nap? And I'll be like, no, I don't need a nap. And then you'll look at me and I'll be like, okay, yeah, maybe I need a nap. Five minutes. (laughs) 
Matt set an alarm for five minutes. I need to go do something else. And then I'll be like, okay, for 45 minutes. Gotcha. Yes. And you'll be like, huh? Every time I wake up from my nap, I'll be like, oh, I really needed that. Thank you. <laughs> but I never remember each time you tell me I need one, I still get mad at you and go, no. It's just going to make me sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> Although it is funny how, like, nap time, when you're exhausted whether it's mentally or physically yeah you're out cold yeah whereas like falling asleep at nighttime awful off <laughs> even if i don't have a nap i could go like five days with not having like a little midday nap and still each of those nights i take forever to fall asleep and then some nights it feels like we're just laying in bed and we're at like a sleepover and we're in like grade five and I'm just like staring up at the ceiling as if we're looking at the stars and I'm like, let's talk about life. And you're like, what? I want to go to bed. And I'm like, I'm wide awake. I don't know about you. So that's another issue that we definitely deal with is the, is the sleep. What was the first post-concussion symptom you noticed I had after the bigger concussions? So probably number five or number six. Well... There's sort of those immediate symptoms, a humorous, but not really that funny. The more you think about it is that with, I think it was number five, uh, we were all in a car together mm -hmm. uh, about to go to a restaurant and you just tapped your head on the top of like the door frame. <laughs> and so we thought nothing of it. Because well, I didn't tap it up. It was, it was a hard As far fun. as we knew, it was a tap. True. At the moment, <laughs> you thought. And you're like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then we go in and we're eating. And it was like you were wasted. <laughs> so that the first time was probably slurred speech and uh, yes. some nonsensical, like you started talking about Dr. Seuss for a bit. And <laughs> yeah, you got home from that. And um, then it was like a very like emotional element to it mm -hmm. where you couldn't control yourself and that type of stuff usually you know, that dies down more, the more like wild mood swings. Yeah. I started crying for no reason. I, that's the one thing I remember is I started bawling because we, we went to the restaurant with my parents yeah. and then we went back to their house after and I was just bawling and, and everyone's like, why are you crying? And I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. I'm happy. But I was like saying it through <laughs> tears and like hysterically I'm crying. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I have no idea why I'm crying. I have no reason to cry right now. And that's when we're like, okay, time to take you to the doctor. <laughs> like, yeah, that was the that was the first warning sign yeah. for sure. Whereas uh, for your most recent one, I wasn't there. I was at I was at school and you were at home and it was on the way to work mm -hmm. you were in a car accident so that one was scary on my end because i can't remember i think it was your dad who texted me first and was just like rachel and cindy were in a car accident and it's just my heart sank because again like i think a month before that was i proposed a week before that, that was my birthday party where you planned oh, this yeah. whole elaborate scavenger hunty thing all through toronto and we went and did a whole bunch of things. That's and true. That was a week before That was the week the before. And then the next week, you know, Rachel and Cindy have been in a car accident. Um, yeah. So I didn't really see you then until a couple days later, I think I was able to, to come down to you. And then I just kind of stayed at my parents for a bit and helped take care of you and whatnot. But yeah, that was definitely a scary text to get. Yeah, it's... It's funny you mention the birthday party thing that I planned for you because I always forget about that and the fact that it was literally the weekend before. The weekend before. <laughs> the sixth concussion. Like, I think of the things we did then and yeah, I'm like. I could never do that. You could maybe do 
one of some of those things. Yeah. But that's a whole day thing. We did like 10. <laughs> well, and what's so funny. So I had planned this whole thing where I was taking you around downtown Toronto, doing all, going to all these different places. Even all planning these... that's probably too much <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> and, and then at the very end, we're meeting up with all your friends. Yeah. Those who were in the GTA, those that weren't like, I arranged this whole big thing. So we went from one place to another place to a restaurant and and then we ended at like the rec room which was you know, it's like a dave and busters type yeah place. yeah and um i think to myself how the first stop on your scavenger hunt was a virtual reality video game place yeah. because i'm like oh matt would love that but i only bought it for you because i <laughs> i said to the person well I have a history of concussions. It's not it's not a good idea for me to do those types of things. You know, I was being responsible about it, but still was able to go across <laughs> Toronto, go from a loud brewery to a loud restaurant, loud and arcade. Uh, yeah, I, I look back at those moments and I, I think it was a totally different person because I can't imagine doing any of that. Like, if COVID was never a thing and everywhere was normal right now... <laughs> I would not be able to think about doing any of that. <laughs> like maybe a restaurant. You could do one. Yeah, restaurant you can one, go to. But then I could have like a residual headache afterwards, you know, just getting used to the noises, the lights. But that seems just so much. And so it's funny how one one moment on your commute to work and it's a whole new life. And I think that's what we've been really processing together too, is that you've been there holding my hand through all the changes you were the first person that really noticed when i was showing signs of severe anxiety and severe depression so much so that i was in denial i masked those things but of course as my person you're always there you're noticing when i'm being different and how i'm reacting to things so that was huge because you were the one that suggested i think it's time you go to your doctor and talk about this well and with the other concussions, anything like that resolved. Like, I don't think you ever had, like, a depression or an anxiety, maybe a no. little bit, but it all resolved after a couple weeks, maybe a couple months. Yeah. And after your most recent one, well, you had a wedding to plan. <laughs> <laughs> and mm -hmm. I feel like that was such a distraction. Yeah. And, you know, I'd bring up that you were being maybe a little bit irritable or that, um, you know, you seemed off. Yeah. But it was all chalked up to, oh, well, I'm stressed out. I'm trying to plan the wedding. Yeah. And it was only sort of after that when it didn't go away that we're like, okay, it's time to to Address see about it. seeing your doctor and talk about it mm -hmm. and get medication. And uh, then you went to a counselor and got the help you needed. Yeah. Um, but it's tough, especially when you've always been such a type A personality, get things done, go get her to then be like, but there's something wrong with my brain now. <laughs> more, more than one thing. More than one thing. <laughs> mentally, physically, just a brain soup. Yeah, that was definitely hard to cope with. And that's how I describe it is that I was in denial that you could see those signs. And I, I knew that I had those signs, but I distracted myself by just keep going because I didn't want life to stop. I think that was the big key. I didn't want my life to be put on pause. I just wanted to live my life. The one reason I really wanted to talk to you today is I feel that we give a good example of what it's like to be in a relationship with one person 
recovering from a concussion because it's so invisible it's an invisible disability visible injury it's hard for somebody to really understand what's going on but for you (laughs) especially now you're around me all the time and you see those differences of things that I'm not capable of doing physically or what I can and cannot handle mentally and so I think it's really important to talk about what concussions look like in a relationship because they can really change things like again if we were if it was 2019 right now and we had a lot of different social plans and social things like thinking back to that when we tried to still show up to everything we could you were the one that saw the toll that that would take on oh me. yeah looking back at a time when you know covid wasn't a thing and we were actually able to socialize with friends and go to events and parties and whatnot when i would show up everyone would be like oh yay rachel's here but they wouldn't know the physical pain that i'd be going through at that time whether it was my neck pain from the injury or a residual headache or maybe i had just gone over a migraine the day before they would have no idea they'd be like oh rachel's here like whatever like But then for you, (laughs) you see the aftermath. You see when we get in the car and we have to drive back to where we live, whether it's close or an hour drive away, you you see me turn into mush. Yes. (laughs) Well, and it's amazing the social planning that's involved. Yeah. And the, okay, if you're going to see your friends, that's the only thing you can do all weekend. Yeah. And... Um, if you saw your friends on a Friday night, all Saturday, you're sleeping Mm -hmm. all Sunday, you're sleeping. Um, so it's the fact that you have to plan that, which was really tough for you because you were such a social person Mm -hmm. for me. I'm like, this is great. (laughs) One social event a month or two a month. That is right up my alley. (laughs) That's your silver lining. That's my silver lining to this. (laughs) But yeah, the fact that seeing you afterwards, yeah. But then when you're with your friends putting on that brave face, it's like, oh, Rachel, she's the bubbly one. Yeah. And I think that's something we've worked on with COVID has helped. Yeah. Is that you don't have to see people all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> if you go on, you know, a Zoom call, mm-hmm. you can mute your screen and leave the call for a bit and you're still there, quote unquote. But it's definitely something that is hard, but I think we've done a pretty good job of balancing. Yeah. And, and that's the one thing with COVID, too, is that it is easier in that sense. Like, the other weekend, we had a Zoom birthday party, and there were games to be played. But because there was a certain amount of people that are allowed on these online games, of course, I'm like, oh, I'm fine just watching. Because <laughs> for me, if I'm at it for hours, looking at a screen and, you know, cognitively thinking through... A strategy whether it's trivia or just even the simple fun thing like I'm still working at it I'm still thinking so it's still it's still a lot so it has been nice in the sense that I'm able to step away or go into another room for a bit or plan it out like okay we're only gonna do one this weekend but I think that has been a huge struggle with me and this concussion is that I used to love seeing my friends all the time and doing every single thing that I possibly could do socially. But 
my friends only see me when I have that mask on of everything's fine and dandy. And then when I'm home, it's like, yeah, I went to so-and-so's birthday party, but then I've been in bed for two weeks. Yep. And that's the reality of it. And so I know that there can also be that frustration relationship that you see that side but I get too stubborn. To yeah, sometimes you won't listen to me. And I'm, I'm like, to we're going to bed like, now. Yeah, and I'll be like, I want to go to Gertrude's party. And you'll be like, but you do realize you have that thing on Tuesday and you're not going to be recovered from the thing that happened Friday night. And I'll be like, what? No, I have to go see Gertrude. <laughs> so what I'm going to go with that is forgetfulness. I was just going to bring up forgetfulness. <laughs> we have a amazing silver lining to my forgetfulness. I will say, I know what you're about to say. Yeah, so so share. When we say silver lining, it's actually pretty sad, but (laughs) happy face. Um, We use the powers for good. We use the powers for good. Uh, One thing is that, and we noticed this more so recently, Rachel will completely forget movies if they happen if she watched them a year ago, mm-hmm. a year and a half ago. Not every movie, but quite often, just nope, completely forgets. We noticed it when um, we were, of course, watching The Mandalorian, and then we were talking about it, and um, you mentioned like, oh, I never saw that Han Solo movie, and I was like, I'm pretty sure that we watched it together. I was dead serious. I was like, like, I boycotted that movie. I remember it wasn't as good as the others I heard, so not that I'm a huge fan. (laughs) You (laughs) heard. But I was like, no, we definitely did not watch that. And I'm just like, but it's the director who made the Jim Carrey Grinch movie. You love that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we put it on, and we're watching it, and it's... Totally new to her, like she's reacting to things, but then she'd be like, this scene was in the trailer. I I think I saw Chewbacca break from that pole. That must have been in the trailer. Then after about the third time, I was like, Rachel, I think you've seen this movie. And then you're like, no, no, no. And then I was like, I'm going to say how it ends, which won't be, definitely was not in the trailer. And if you remember that, and then I said, and you're like, oh, I have seen this movie. (laughs) And um, you that's know, th- not the first time it happened. Either. No, that's kind of, you know, it was a bit more of a funny one. That was the latest like, oh, my gosh, we actually sat down and watched pretty much a full movie. And I was so certain that it, the things I remembered were in the trailer. <laughs> the, the more sad one that I can think of is that a few months ago we watched uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Mm. And it hit a little too close to home, both, you know, the themes of the movie for getting forgetting a loved one, uh, but also the fact you couldn't remember the movie either. I couldn't remember. It was brand new. Was, I knew we had seen it, though. That was the yeah, one you knew, thing. Yeah, you knew we'd seen I it. I knew we watched it maybe like five years ago, six years ago. I'd say probably four or five. Because but. the thing is, the last three years since the latest concussion have been awful with memory of anything that I've even done in those three years. If I don't have a picture of it, <laughs> of like me at that event or me with that person, I'll forget it. But especially TVs and movies, I'll forget it. But then there's the whole other layer of anything before that is a very good chance I completely forget it. Like during uh, university, even though we went to different schools, we would see each other often on the weekends. And you keep bringing up memories that I'm like, huh, that happened? And so 
it's nice that we've known each other since so high long. school <laughs> because I look at Matt as like my memory keeper now and I have to really put a lot of trust in him because sometimes he'll tell me these stories and I'll be like, that never happened. Um, so yeah, it's, it is very sad of how much I have lost with my memory, but we, we try to make the most of it by saying like, oh, we get to rewatch this. Or I know for you, you like to joke like, yeah, I get to make you watch Lord of the Rings again because you forget it. But that is uh, something that we really noticed is the memory loss versus uh, like a, whether it's memories that we've had together or just memories of simply like watching something. And then that's something too with, um, it's always a bit of a, a joke about how much Rachel takes pictures way more than anyone else that I know. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, one day I was like, why are we taking so many pictures? Like, let's enjoy ourselves. I forget what we were doing, but, yep. um, you know, let's enjoy ourselves instead of just taking pictures. And then you looked at me and you're like, I'm not going to remember this, Matt. Like, I need the pictures or else this didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And I'd never thought about it like that, but it's true. Like, if you have sort of that trigger, you can think back and be like, okay, yeah, yeah, that happened. Yeah. But without that, you know, in one year out the other (laughs) it's like there was a moment where i lost all photos off of my phone once i didn't back them up and i remember i was just crying and you were trying to comfort me and reassure me like it's okay we'll try to figure out how we can get these photos and i was crying because i said there was a year of photos on that and now i'm not going to remember that year and it's hard i'm getting a little teary-eyed now (laughs) because it is a hard pill to swallow that that's really what I rely on. And i that's why I'm fine if I look like a tourist <laughs> in my own city or like doing something. I could be in downtown Toronto and we're doing a fun date and I'm capturing everything because that's what I really lean on for memories. And one thing I, I love is that even at our one year anniversary when we went to Casa Loma, I took pictures and videos of everything. 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 And we still have them. And try not I... to show them to people because <laughs> I didn't know how to dress myself back then. I was a real work in progress. Oh my for goodness, you. stop. <laughs> but I love those because you would even take my camera and take videos of the moment. And well, and random things too, random. you know, of the flowers and the walls, stuff that, you know, it wasn't yeah. not the big things, but that's sort of that and visceral reminder. That's when we get into this pattern. We have this saying, like, for the memories. <laughs> because. For me, I don't need to take pictures and stuff to post it on social media. I don't need to put that up. But for me, if I'm capturing a moment, I'm really capturing it for future me. So I'm like brain logging myself. So um, that's why we'll always be like, oh, we're taking this from the memories. It sometimes feels like we're like the CSI detective showing up the crime scene. Like, okay quick we've got to take a picture of everything here okay now we can enjoy ourselves well and that's one nice thing too with instagram stories of of dates and things and then they'll pop up like either on instagram yeah, snapchat or Facebook memory or, or whatever snapchat yeah, memories yeah. like when those pop up i'm like oh that is so nice to see and when friends send me that like my best friend sent me a memory from four years ago when we were in our last year of university and living together and it was like just cute little video of us getting takeout and dancing back to our apartment and i'm like i would have no recollection <laughs> of that moment but it's so nice when those things get shared 
because again, like it's, it's all blank sometimes up here. And so whatever I can do to fill in those holes, whether it's taking pictures or going up to you or my family and asking about a time, it's nice. That's why I always joke with, with my Nana who is uh, almost 91 years old and has Alzheimer's. I, whenever we talk, I go, it's okay, Nana, I'm in the same boat. Whenever she <laughs> likes to make little remarks of, oh, I guess I don't remember that, I'll be like, hey, Nana, we don't remember much together. Oh, really, Rachel? Don't <laughs> Why know. don't you remember things, Rachel? <laughs> yeah, then she'll forget. <laughs> but that's that's always a nice moment to Hold have. Hold on. <laughs> so I know we could go on and on about different things, and I'm sure that I will have you back on to talk about certain topics. Yeah, more specific things probably but yeah but i feel like this is a good one to just give a glance of a relationship with a lots of you know bump, bumps to the head well one thing that i think is important is to say that like it's not like everything is perfect and cheery mm-hmm. and it's like well you find you a man that can support you and you're good to go no <laughs> <laughs> like in a lot of ways we've grown together yeah and that's been a big part of it and there certainly has been a lot of challenges that we faced. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I would say to people who have a partner who's struggling with post-concussion syndrome or a migraine syndrome is that I think the most important thing is to be patient and to help them help themselves to go get treatment for things and right. encourage them to um, you know, seek out whatever they can to try and make themselves better because I think that's the biggest difference for you is that now that you're getting a lot more treatment Mm -hmm. um, has really helped. Yeah. So this is really funny. I always say that Matt reads my mind and is just in there. Like maybe I have some empty space in there (laughs) because you're secretly in there because that was the last question I was going to ask you. Oh no. Well, ask the question anyway. I'll I'll pretend I didn't (laughs) say that. so funny that you were like, I want to say this because I wanted to ask you, what is one piece of advice that you would give to someone who has a partner with post-concussion syndrome because like many males many females you know different dynamics of relationships it happens and and as you said you know it's not like you're in a relationship and if you have someone supportive like it's fine and dandy go get yourself a man or a woman like it's not gonna solve it's the not problems. gonna solve the problem <laughs> this is for if you're already in a relationship relationship, yeah whether you're just starting out or you've been together for 10 years it's just really important to to focus on that patience piece because sometimes you're not yourself no (laughs) like there's some things i think back and i just have to tell myself like that wasn't rachel yeah that was i have a migraine right now and i'm not thinking clearly and i had a foggy day Mm -hmm. and i'm irritable but that's when you put me down for my nap. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's not like, a, well, just let them beat up on you. I still, no. you know, the next day be like, you know, that hurt what you said or, um, you know, maybe we should approach this a different way. Mm-hmm. But just being understanding that there's good days and there's bad days. And, yeah. you know, you work toward recovery and hopefully you can have more good days than bad days down the road. But just always kind of keep the, the perspective in mind and and talk Try about and it. Yeah, talk about it. Communication. We have been, especially with being cooped up together, <laughs> like every single day with mm-hmm. you working from home during COVID, the amount of communication, like I feel like we just keep going up. 
in that <laughs> we'll sit down and we'll we'll talk about the emotions and the things going on and we'll plan out our days and we'll be strategic with okay you're gonna be busy with work this is what we'll do for dinners or you'll make a bunch of chili oh, on we could a do Sunday. probably a whole other podcast about trying to meal prep with someone with post-concussion we should syndrome. we should do that because it is you know you have that mix of feeling indecisive and unsure about decisions oh so indecisive but then also deep down there is something that it's like no i know that's not what i need for my head today i know that's not what i need but i don't know what it is i need (laughs) and it's like playing russian roulette like you never know where i'm gonna be at yeah head wise in a day we could say and again we'll talk about this later but on a Wednesday, oh, we'll do this for dinner. It'll be something simple I could make because you're working late. And then Wednesday, I could have a migraine or I could be exhausted after treatment. So we'll definitely dig into topics yeah, like that. Yeah, we can that. do a whole, you know, the importance of meal prep could be its whole other spinoff. So it will maybe be. we'll save that for the next time if I'm invited back. You're, <laughs> you're a little sassy, but I'll invite you back. Then a piece of advice that I would give to somebody in a relationship who is the one suffering from post-concussion syndrome or migraine is for you to communicate. I know we just talked about having patience and really communicating, but the thing is it really does go both ways because your partner will not know what you're going through if you don't say it. Yes, again, as we said before, they might pick up on how you're acting different, what you can handle all those non-verbal cues but there are some situations where if you don't tell your partner this is what I feel or these are my triggers they won't know one instance even though Matt's been <laughs> a detective of uh, and, and honestly you've been better at times yeah, sometimes of, than you <laughs> than me um, is for me with my I injured a neck injury with this concussion Um, from the accident and so one big trigger for me is if I bend over to pick something up that can cause dizziness and this sense of pain and trigger headaches or even migraines something that I had to communicate with you because for instance even just simply picking up our dog's poop going on a walk just bending over and doing that which I totally (laughs) you wouldn't think think of no and you wouldn't know because that's not just on a common list or something that I dealt with my previous concussions, it's a new thing, right? And But like once you told me, it's like, okay, yeah, no, when you accommodate that. They do their little waddle poop bag <laughs> out, I'm in there, I'm sniping the poop before you can even be like, No, no, I got this. Yeah. And so I think it's really hard to put your guard down and let your partner know this is what I'm going through and these are moments where I need help especially if you're a go-getter and you love being independent and you don't want to feel like you're a constant burden or being too dependent on the person or asking too much of them. You now know that it's like, oh, Matt, could you pick that up? Whether it's dog poop or something around the house, I now even have one of those little reachers that you even tell me like, oh, if you're picking up and you're cleaning, you know, the dog's toys, use your reacher. And... Again, you wouldn't have known that if I didn't tell you. So I can't say that enough, that if you're the one going through the pain and figuring that out, please tell your partner, this is what I feel, either physically or mentally, because although they might be so intuitive or know you so well, 
there's going to be these odd things like bending over to pick something up yeah, that we've, we've joked you about say. You know, being a mind reader, but yeah, no one can know exactly what you're going through. And I'm sure everyone has a different journey, right? So mm-hmm. sometimes you just have to tell your partner and then hopefully they can do something to help. Yeah. What I would suggest, and we're not experts in, in any sense, no. <laughs> we're just people trying to give advice from our situations is that sit down with your partner have these conversations, whether they're tough. Tell your partner where you are mentally so they have a better idea. Tell them what your triggers are. Tell them how you might need to do things differently or have accommodations in your day-to-day life. And also ask them how their perspective of the relationship or what they've noticed has changed. Because it's good to have that open conversation of, okay, this is what I know I'm going through, but what do you see me go through? What are things that you've noticed? And how can we go through this together? One thing, once I post this podcast, I'm going to also ask our listeners if they have any questions for us. And maybe we'll do a live like a one Q&A? one day. Do a live maybe Q&A? we'll do a live Q&A or Ooh. maybe we'll take questions and do other series um with this because i think it is really good to talk about those who are in a relationship how to deal with this and you know i'm not only gonna focus on romantic relationships there will be times where i'll put parents or or friends on too just to talk about those different dynamics because i think it's really important to hear those you know not everybody like you don't you don't need (laughs) somebody romantic in your life but if you have someone it's important to again have patience communicate and really try to see what they're going through because it's so easy for somebody to I don't know where I'm burnt out I don't know where I'm going with this (laughs) and with that said folks (laughs) It's time for a nap. <laughs> it's time for a nap. Um, so remember to rest that head of yours. Thanks, for, thanks Matt. <laughs> rest that head of yours, everyone. <laughs>